Today, we're going to learn a lot because we're talking with a sales manager, a sales expert with, listen to this, deep experience in both radio and television. You don't get that all the time, including in the general manager, market manager chair, not to mention our guest today writes books on sales, and we're going to learn even more. That's an ideal person for us to talk to on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. There is not one single person in radio today who couldn't learn something that they can use effectively in their career from an expert in the areas of today's guest and what he knows really well. Are you ready? To enjoy any of our episodes, you only need to be interested in others and want to grab some thoughts and wisdom about how others are being successful in radio right now. Welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast. What you're about to hear will be focused on lifting you up, giving good advice, hearing stories of an amazing radio pro, and uncovering the path forward in radio right now. My name is Lloyd Ford. I'm with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works. We provide affordable help for local broadcasters looking to make more money. We're branding specialists who help our clients fully develop the right position for their local radio market, coach local morning shows and other talents, design and execute station architecture, provide weekly music updates, and even produce daily music logs, provide excellent voice trackers, sales, and promotional ideas that really move the radio needle for revenue and for ratings and much more. We're highly confidential and market exclusive for radio. If you have a problem that gets in the way of the next level that you want in your revenue, the next level that you want in your ratings, reach out anytime, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and JustJoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing them. We're only just about a minute away from talking with somebody that I've looked forward to doing this with for a long time, Chris Fleming, author, trainer leader, expert with CD Media Consulting. You can see our full guest calendar for all of our guests that are upcoming all the way into January 2023 with our free blog section at RainmakerPathway.com. We don't lock away anything on our site the way some other consultants do this because we believe in this theory of abundance. Call me, ask me about it. Sometimes I'll be glad to share it with you. So go to RainmakerPathway.com anytime. See what you can get for absolutely free from our team. Chris, welcome to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally. How are you? I'm doing well, Lloyd. Thank you for having me. I've looked forward to this for a while. Listen, I often like to start with education when it comes to our guest, because I do believe and we do believe in the power of lifelong learning. But we also know that people often get something unexpected during their education. You went to Ithaca College and you've also completed the NAB Executive Development Program. I wonder what was your goal when you entered Ithaca College and what did you get from that experience? Uh, so I went there, chose that uh, university or college because of the ability to get close to the action. Everywhere else I looked at, uh, you had to be an upper level, junior, senior level student to actually work with equipment and things like that. And I kind of had a technical orientation. 
Uh, I had taken one of those aptitude tests as a high school student. I'm sure we all did that. It said I would be good at three things, fireman, mortician, and broadcaster. Oh I tried fireman once, but they had dead people in that. So that kind of ruled out mortician as well. Mm. Uh, so I went with broadcasting, but I also had an interest in music and music production. So I was working on those things simultaneously. Uh, and my second semester, my college advisor was going on a sabbatical for three years and I was never going to see him again. So he pulled me aside and he said, go change your major right now to something called planned studies. And from there, you could divine, design your own course of action and never be locked out of a class and never miss your graduation deadline because your plan would always be accepted first. I was like, ooh. So that's the number one thing I actually learned in college is if you ask someone enough questions and listen closely to the answers, you can get everything you need to know. Oh, that's and interesting. With, a little bit more, with just a little more effort, effort, you could graduate early. That's interesting because asking questions is going to be a big part of today. Not just me asking questions, but what you tell us about that. I do want you to talk about the NAB Executive Development Program for a second. Yeah, so it's a good program for aspiring broadcast leaders. Uh, You have a chance to be part of it. I would recommend doing it. It's designed to fill in the gaps in your uh, broadcast operation if you're not very technically inclined. They have, you know, some technical courses in that. If you're not, if you don't understand financials, they have courses that that uh, take you through that. I actually had both of those things. I had a, some technical knowledge, and I have some of the of the inner workings of the business side of it. So for me, it was a refresher. Um, but th- it made great connections as well. People inside the broadcast business that I still am connected to. All right. So great connections. But you just said something kind of strange, if you don't mind me saying. You said that you were technical and you had financial knowledge already behind you. You knew these yep. things. That's not usually yes. what you hear in these kind of interviews. Why is why are you different that way? <laughs> um, I probably stuck my nose where it didn't belong once too often. Um, I I live in this world of curiosity, right? Um, Right. So I want to know how things work, why they work. I want to know if I can improve it. Can I make it better? Um, I'm not much of a, uh, once I I have mastered it, I don't really tinker with it, but I want to know how it works. I don't sit there and work on something forever and never finish it. But I look at improving performance and can I get more out of it? What if I change this? What happens? Well, and listen, so I've always so, been involved in things like that. Yeah, since you are an expert in the sales area, and it's one of the exciting reasons we brought you on, because we know people will listen to this who are sellers. We know that people who are just getting into the business will listen to this. We know that we have people who are in sales management will listen to this. When you're hiring sales reps, when you're hiring people to sell radio, uh, is curiosity a part of what you look for? Yeah, there's actually two things that I look for, and it's the two things I can't teach, Lloyd. Oh. I can't teach desire and curiosity. You have to come with those. You have to bring something to the table. So in the interview process, I'm looking for those answers. Does this person want more? Do they want to know more? Right? I can't teach you to care, and I can't teach you to want more. If you have those two things, I can teach you the rest of this. Very nice. Listen, you were a big believer also in lifelong learning. I know this about you. Where did that discipline come from, Chris? I think my parents beat it into us, the the value (laughs) of education. 
Oh my. <laughs> but I, I mean, it is that, that curiosity. How do things work? I want to know. And I've always been that kid, right? Um, I've probably gotten into things I probably shouldn't have because I wanted to know how did it work? Um, I used, to, I would take the radio apart and put it back together. Things now, I wait, did when what, I was nine. What did your parents do? Uh, my parents are in the floor covering business. They're they, in the they what? Run a floor covering business. Oh, I see. I see. Uh, in Massachusetts, uh, my father and his father and my father's brother, and that's a whole different story. It's my uncle, but uh, they were partners in a business since the mid 60s. My father is 78 years old, 77 this year, 78. He still goes to work every day. Okay. So your people know sales. Uh, they do. And they do. my your, grandfather is, was one of the best salespeople I ever saw. I was going to ask you about him, but I was going to ask you about your dad first. Uh, is your dad a good seller? His father was better. Oh, I see. Uh, I think he does it. I think my father does it out of necessity. Oh, I see. Um, uh, but his his father was excellent. All right. Listen, we, we always like to ask about the first experience that our guest had with the radio business. Can you talk to us about how you came to the radio business, when that was, what happened? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I'd started down that path, like you know, college student goes into the college station and gets himself an on-air piece of that. But one day I was just sitting in the um, radio room and the phone rang and it was the local radio station. They called and asked if somebody could fix an old Atari reel-to-reel -reel deck. And I happened to be the guy that answered the phone. And what I said was yes, not mm. knowing whether I could or I couldn't. I just said yes and said I'd be down and I'll take a look at it. And I probably should have said no, but I said yes. Uh, 30 minutes later, I had fixed the thing. They paid me for my work and said, do you want a job fixing equipment? Can you come here a couple of days a week and do this? Okay, I can do that. And that's how I got into the commercial side of the business. And then three or four months later, the person making commercial production director quit. They said, hey, can you do that? And of course, I said, yeah, sure, sure thing. I can get that done. And so by the time I graduated, I was working at three different broadcast stations plus my classes. And I think I attended bar three nights a week. So you you didn't have a no compete back then. <laughs> I'm just no, saying. I, I, Lloyd, I think I only screwed up one time and said the wrong call letters on the wrong station only once. Oh, that'll light you up for sure. Listen, what came <laughs> first for you, radio sales or television sales? It sounds like maybe radio, right? Yeah, radio is correct. Um, and it came from looking in the parking lot at the station I was working at and noticing that all the nice cars happened to belong to the salespeople and the on-air people had cars held together with Bondo and duct tape. So, you know, light bulb goes off. Hey, maybe I should go sell something that makes the world go around. Uh, later, I find myself helping TV sellers solve problems and improve customers' business. Oh, and no way. You didn't in... see, wait, wait, wait. You didn't see any difference between those two, did you? Uh, not for me. I kind of, you know, look at it as platform agnostic. The idea is helping the customer, right? The customer Ooh. is the opportunity. The medium is just a tactic in my mind. So, so you get the you strategy both, right with the customer. I'm not, I don't have a radio strategy or a TV strategy. I have a customer strategy. 
Well, and you probably know, I talk to an awful lot of really high caliber salespeople, high caliber uh, uh, managers and high caliber sales managers. And when I run into the best of the best of them, they always, when you ask the question, they always rotate immediately to, this is an experience about helping people solve problems that they have. It's a start there. Yeah. So this is very interesting. I Listen, I got a quote about you that I, I want to talk about for a second. And, and here it is, quote, Chris can maneuver any situation to a profitable outcome. I've seen it time and time again. Revenue development is in his DNA. What makes revenue development specifically such a high passion for you? Well, I think it's the small business background, right? My family is in the floor covering business, as I mentioned. So conversations around the dinner table often focused on selling average tickets, supply, demand, you know, transferable business skills. Um, and we, um, I have two brothers. We all worked in the family business at one time uh, without breaking child labor laws. I don't want to get anybody in trouble. <laughs> but I think I had my first job at 12 and I was stocking shelves you know, sweeping floors and things like that. But when it would get busy, they would always pull me in to help customers solve problems. Interesting. So well, listen, you know, fast forward to the broadcast business. It's, it's the lessons of small business, right? Well, now that's exactly right. Now, what's most interesting about me and what you just shared with us is that around your dinner table, when you were a kid, you talked about data. I know that you may not have thought about it that way back then, but when you talk about average ticket price, when you talk about things like that, you, you somebody in that business is thinking about what the details are of a good sale, right? Yeah, that would be my father. Mm. So uh, you probably got some things from him and from your grandfather too. Yeah, I would say that those apples did not rot, uh, fall too far from the tree. That's right. Uh, and and listen, case. you know, you did all the selling early on, even probably at 12 years old. Were you good at prospecting and sales early on? Yeah, I think it's that curiosity thing, you know, the ability to ask questions and listen to answers. That's a skill that some people don't have. Some people only listen with the intent to respond. Many where good sellers listen with the intent to understand first, then respond. That yes, builds I, trust, right? Rapport. Oh, there's when you have trust, there. people want to tell you things. They want it. They they want help, but they want to trust the person that, that that's helping them before they are willing to share what they have problems with. Absolutely. So listen, um, this is a tougher question, or at least I think it is. Did you know early on that you wanted to manage, to teach, and to train sellers? Uh, I, I look at that and say, do I want to take a pay cut and herd cats? Um, <laughs> and yeah, there's, there's, I don't know that I know I, I knew I wanted to do that. I knew I was doing that. I was always that person that people went to and say, how do you do this? Because I was the guy that figured it out. This is how we're going to do it. Right. And this may surprise you. It may not. But I was never the top seller in organizations I worked at. I was always second me. or third. Um, you know what they say. Probably, you know what they say, right? The top sales guy, that's the guy you make the sales manager. No, you don't. That guy can only manage himself or herself. Mm. 
right? They have a way and it's their way and it's the only way. Oh, and you it's don't the think second that, or third. You don't think no, that, the right? second or th- No, the second or third person. It's why the catcher makes a good manager in baseball. Hmm. It's the whole game. Tell us a little bit about your career because, I mean, look, some people may know you from the books that you write. Some people may know you from career stops that you've had where you worked on this particular thing. My God, you're doing television sales. You're doing radio sales. You manage. But but kind of walk us through some highlights so that we have kind of a a, a feeling of where you take all this experience. Yeah. Um, so I, um, you know, got into the business. I got out of college early, so I got to the job market early. That was kind of a goal of mine, finish early. I looked at college as a means to an end. I had to do it so that I could prove that I was that smart, I guess. I don't know. Um, and because of that, I beat everybody that was my peer to the next job. I don't know if that was, that was foolish, probably. Um, but it got me to a lot of places. I got to do a lot of things because I was always the one willing to say, yeah, I'll try that. Yeah, I'll right. do that. Um, in uh, about 1999, I was working for a private group who sold at the height of selling radio stations for large sums of money. I think the guy sold the stations for $26.5 million. He gave me absolute zero on that transaction, by the way. Mm. Uh, I'm not bitter at all. Not at all. Yeah, right. But at that, I was like, look, if that, that guy can do that, so can I. So I uh, got together with a couple of other people, and I went and raised some money to buy my own stations. And oh, this is a version of – wait, wait. This is a version of – Look at the cars in the parking lot. Yes, kind of. <laughs> 2.0. So, a common theme, right? Yes. Don't, don't tell me I can't do it. I'll go do it twice. Right. Um, so, you know, it took about a year to raise the money. Finally did get it and ended up buying some stations across the southeast mm-hmm. for several years. Um, now, the problem with the getting wall street money is they always want it back so that yeah. situation had, that, that had a shelf life to it um after that i, I became a uh, trainer for mostly tv stations some radio stations my last uh client my last client in that job was my next employer hmm. i ended up in texas for 10 years uh running radio and tv stations both texas and new mexico um, and all of that because I'm a fan of broadcasting. I love it. I'm sorry. You're a fan of what? Broadcasting. Yes. Right. I, I love what it does. It's our ability to shape public opinion, to keep people safe in crisis, to disseminate information, to be a trusted source for the community we serve. I love all that stuff. And I love well, to it, tell people about it. You know, you don't hear this from the naysayers, but it is a fabulous business. It's, I, I wouldn't know what to do with myself if I wasn't doing this. <laughs> I love that. I don't Listen, know that. Lloyd, I don't know if I have any transferable skills. I see. I see. So it all rotates around this and your curiosity for selling radio, for being a part of this, for uh, and, and for television, too. I don't want to leave that out. I do want to say this, though. Everything seems to have changed in the radio business. Frankly, like I tell my clients all the time who have this conversation with me about how things have changed, I say that 
everything always changes. That's the nature of this little ball that we're on and the business that we're in through is, is the same. This era though is a new era. You still hear people resisting digital. Why do you think that is true at radio and how do we fix it? Yeah. So I, I think it starts with calling it all digital. Right. It's this bucket, nebulous bucket at the end of the hall where we can dump anything we don't understand and put it in there. Oh, wait a minute. Uh, and, and, and I think that's true for radio sellers. I think that's true for clients sometimes as well. Yes. There's a fear factor. What name would you give it? If, I mean, you know, we're just we're just living on the dream here. If we could change that name, what would we change that to? Well, let's go back to the idea of being platform agnostic. Oh. Let's go back to the idea of solving the customer problem first and then figuring out what assets or tactics we can use to make that happen. When I train sellers, especially legacy sellers, regardless of the medium, when the yes. digital conversation comes up, you see an LED scroll go across their forehead and it says, please do not ask me any questions about this. It's like panic. <laughs> right. Right. But if we're going to be marketing experts, we need to know, we don't need to know the granular workings. We need to know how it performs and what it should do. What does good look like? Wait, and what, and what about, wait, and what about this? When digital or some digital tool is the tool that's needed to solve this problem? Right? Right, exactly. It's understanding what your products do and knowing when to deploy them. It's a, I'm going to use a baseball analogy again, but it's a three-two count. Am I throwing a fastball or a curveball? Well, that's up to me. That's right. right. I can figure out how to get the batter out. That's so what if an I expert know does. all the tools, that's what an expert does. If I have the tools in my quiver, right, and the situation calls for it, I can deploy them as needed. But if I start with the idea of solving a customer problem, then I can put the product where it belongs and do the right thing. That's you how know, we get past the digital divide. Listen, it's really interesting that you say this this way because you and I are sitting on the two edges of the same sentence. I only say it backwards. I say that once you have a radio station, you get anything else you want. What I often mean by that is, look, in the digital age or whatever you want to call it, all we're doing is adding things to our capabilities, these are different mm -hmm. ways that we can solve problems. How many different ways can we solve problems? Well, if you're using creativity, there's a million different ways to solve problems. Right. Sky's the limit. Okay. So now I get to brag on you and you know, I'm going to do this through, through a question. Okay. Yeah. Radio Inc. Who I write for, uh, um, they named you one of the best managers in radio. Get this in 2020 in 2021 and in 2022. Uh, gee, how did you find this out? And I want to know, is it better the first time you win or is it better every time you repeat that honor? Because that's kind of a big deal. Yeah, two schools of thought on that, right? It's yes. the question of, do you, love, do you love to win or hate to lose? Ah. Right. And I do love winning, but I hate losing. Losing sucks. Oh. Yes. So I tried to do everything possible to not lose. So getting the first one was great, but keeping it was better because that mm. means that I didn't lose. That's and right. It's this idea of, it's this idea of inversion. 
right? Here's all the things I don't want to have happen. Let me stay away from that. Well, wait a minute. I also want to point out that, you know, everybody likes to point to the year 2019 and say, man, are your revenues what they were in 2019? And I find it fascinating that you were a guy that if I was looking for somebody that was going to fix my problems in the radio business, uh, I might would look at uh, one of the top people from 2020, 2021, and 2022 when you learn the most lessons, right? Yeah, I would think. Um, and it's, it's funny is that my operations have always gone up in revenue uh, because we focus on that, right? The old adage, yes. what gets measured gets done. Oh, and that's so true. So that's what we focus on. You know, if you, the old adage is if you have a hundred problems and one of them is revenue, you have one problem. Yeah. And by the way, you fix that problem and a lot of other problems won't even matter. Exactly. Mm. Listen, you have to talk about the blogs and especially the books you write. And I want to know how did it begin? How many books have you written? Uh, and where should we start reading you? So for me, writing is an outlet. It's a way to express an idea, communicate to the audience. Uh, I started doing it for my staff when I was chief revenue officer at Raymar Communications in Lubbock, uh, Texas and Albuquerque, New Mexico. I saw that there was um, a commonality amongst all my sellers. I had four divisions. And I, I would go on calls with every one of them and I would see common things. And it was a way to address these things, whether it was radio or television or digital. Um, the experiences from sellers was pretty much the same. That idea of 90-10, right? Yes. Um, so uh, for 10 years, I published a monthly newsletter for my sales team, highlighting people doing things well, talking about tactics and conversations people have had, things that work, things that don't work. When the pandemic hit, I started doing it publicly. Mm. I wanted to help people through something difficult. And I thought I knew some things that could help us. The old Mr. Rogers thing, right? When I was a boy, I would see scary things in the news. And my mother would tell me, look for the helpers. Always find the people that are helping. Well, I wanted uh, to be one of the helpers. That's right. So and for the first 90 days or so, I sent out this daily idea sheet to about 30 or 40 broadcasters, people that just ask you, all you do is ask me for it, I'd send it to you. Um, now I continue that, I do it every week. I do a weekly sales meeting, I publish it every Sunday. It's kind of coming up on three years of doing that. About five months ago, I decided, okay, I'll do the podcast version of that because, well, I can. Um, yeah. And then about uh, two months ago, I'd figured out how to make it into a YouTube video. And so I do that. I do a prospecting guide every Monday. That's also on YouTube. I give this stuff away because I think if we all are doing better, the industry does better, that's good for us. Oh, I think the industry needs these things. Uh, and look, individual sellers, you know, the reason for this podcast that we're doing is is pretty simple. We want to encourage radio pros at all levels. And oftentimes, interestingly enough, people think we mean just people in programming. Not true. Right. Radio pros at all levels absolutely definitively also mean sell sellers as well. Okay. So look, 
you've got this blogging thing. You've got all these different outlets that really is coming out of, you know, I, my version of this is I call what I'm doing, putting out what God put in me. And if I'm doing that, I let him take care of everything else. So what I'd like to know about you though, is do you like selling better? Do you like sales management better? Do you like being a market manager better? Do you like writing books better? Uh, maybe it's speaking about sales. I don't know which one of these things. I like helping people get better, Lloyd. Mm. But you can only hope help those that want to get better. Oh, there's no doubt. When I hire for the sales profession, like I told you, I look for those desire, curiosity, characteristics. Right. And I learned those are the two things I can't teach. I can teach everything else, but I can't teach you to care. I can't teach you to want more. You got to bring that to the table. And over the years, I've developed you know, some questions to rabbit that out. And so uh, to answer your question about what do I like better, I like knowing I did something to help someone overcome a challenge, improve a skill, step outside their comfort zone. And many may not realize it at the time. Some of them don't get it until two or three years later. I'll get a call and it's like, remember that thing you wanted me to do? Yeah, it worked. I'm still mad at you. Yeah, right. And, <laughs> and okay by the way, that. I can live with that. If you're like me, it's okay that they're still mad as long as they got something good, right? Yeah, right. People you know, learn in different ways, learn in different stages. I mean, that's one of the things I learned in teaching people is how people receive information. They all do it differently. And you have to be conscious of that if you're going to be a good teacher. That's right. All right. So now you're in real bad trouble because we do this almost, if not every single week. And I always like to take people off the hook first so that there's no extra added pressure here. I know you are like a lot of other guests that we have. You really don't know anything about the future. This does not in any way stop us from asking what is your vision for what the future of radio looks like to you? Can you please share that with us? Uh, yeah. So that question is probably not, the answer is not going to make me a lot of friends in the C-suite at large broadcasting companies. All right. But that's okay. Cause I don't think I have any friends there anyway. Right. Um, <laughs> I think the future depends on our current leaders. It's the golden rule, right? The people with the gold make the rules. Yes. Um, but we seem to be making rules without thinking about the consumer. Or we the can't agree on, Yeah, we can't agree on standards and practice for content delivery. We can't agree on the name of the product. Some people want to call it audio. Some people want to call it radio. The audio people are looking to distance themselves from this outdated term. Meanwhile, the digital people are calling their product their alternative to us radio. Right. Mm. Right. I think in broadcasting, we have the dichotomous consumer base. We have audience and we have advertisers. But since about 1996, I think our decision making has been all advertiser side and mm, the heck with the product. At some point, the pendulum has to sp swing back to the product as the driver. Give the audience what it wants and it will show up. Right. Brand is trust. Right. Whatever industry exists in the future. It needs the audience to survive and it needs the audience in mass, right? We're a mass medium at the end of the day. It needs to well, appeal to the broadest group of people possible. Well, and how about this? It needs talent. Amen. Yeah. 
Chris, this has been fascinating to spend this time with you. I am so grateful that you made this time for us, and I want to thank you for being our guest today. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's it's a subject um, that I know well. Me? Ah. <laughs> and that is why you're our expert. Listen, get more free resources to help your sellers with our Encouraging Sales Success Series inside our free blog at RainmakerPathway.com anytime. We are here to encourage radio pros at all levels. And just as I said a minute ago, that definitely includes sellers. Subscribe anytime to the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast on Apple, Audible, Spotify, almost anywhere you get your podcast. Listen to our episodes in our large and growing archive. We have new episodes each week, usually on Monday nights, and you will be encouraged. I promise you this. You will learn unexpected and valuable things because that value comes from our guest. They are excellent every single time in each episode. Remember, if you know someone that you would like to hear is our guest on the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, it's simple. Email me. I do not have a lock on this. F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. We hope that you have a great week. We like to say this at Rainmaker Pathway, and we definitely say it on the radio rally. Once you have a radio station, you can get anything else you want. We want to say thank you to our special guest for this podcast episode, Chris Fleming, uh, for being our patient and giving guests. A very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast, which will be available within minutes from us actually doing this interview and just JoeProductions.com for creating our audio footprint and distributing our podcast. Please do share the Encouragers, the Radio Rally podcast with others that you know are interested in growing their careers in audio and radio. Subscribe for free on Apple, Audible, Spotify, almost anywhere you get your podcast. And remember this, if you don't remember anything else from this episode, which we hope you do, but be kinder than you have to be. Thank you for being a part of the Radio Rally with the Encouragers. And of course, Good night.